more to the Christian life than going to church and reading your Bible. If you've ever wondered just how involved God is in your everyday life, then you come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis and Vicar Jason Com, as we take an in-depth look at applying the scriptures to our daily lives through the Ten Commandments, baptism, the Lord's Prayer, and more. Welcome to Living the Faith. Welcome to Living the Faith, Episode 12, Commandments of Contentment. My name is Pastor Tom Marsis, Senior Pastor of Zion Lutheran Church. And I'm Vicar Jason Kahn. And this week, our topic is covering the Ninth and Tenth Commandments. Now, if you're not from a Lutheran background, you might say, isn't that just the Tenth Commandment? Uh, yes, obviously, some areas of the Christian Church number the commandments a little bit different and combine up Commandments 9 and 10. Uh, but for us as Lutherans, we kind of divide it out. We'll talk a little bit about why that is. I mean, obviously, uh, as we get into the ninth and 10th commandments today, we're going to see it's really talking about coveting and God's warning against desiring something that belongs to someone else and doesn't get it. But there is a little bit different nuance between what we see in the ninth commandment and the 10th commandment. But nevertheless, uh, however we divide the commandments, I mean, obviously we uh, cover all those issues related to no matter how we, we cover those commandments. And so whether you see nine and 10 as simply the 10th commandment or whether you see them divided up as we do in the Lutheran church, that really makes no difference whatsoever, because today we really want to dive into coveting. And what exactly does it mean you shall not covet? So it's not just this act of taking what doesn't belong to you, what belongs to other people, but it's actually even earlier than that. It's the desire that we have um, to acquire something that we don't have. We talked about this a little bit last week with stealing and how often we are moved by our wants for something, um, and that will make us steal. But these two commandments point out, hey, even like the root of that sin of wanting something from someone else, that itself is its own sin. Um, and so real quick, I'm going to go off on a tangent to talk about Buddhism really, really fast. So Buddhists believe that desire of any kind is the root of all evil. And to be frank, they have a bit of a point. Um, God's word is very clear that whenever we whenever we desire something, kind of sin is crouching at the door there. If we want something we don't have, that's often going to move us to actually commit an act of sin. Um, and it also points out that even that desire itself is sinful. And it often leads us to breaking other commandments too. So the ninth and 10th commandments are sort of the, the root, you could say, and some of the other commandments uh, that we break, uh, that is the fruit of them, um, like stealing. Um, and so, Buddhism becomes all about trying to root out all desire in life, in that just being content with whatever and actually not wanting for anything. Um, but God's Word doesn't quite see it that way. God's Word does tell us that um, there are some sorts of wants and desires that are actually good and God-pleasing, such as we long for good health and we long for uh, food and we long for family and friends um, and people in our lives. And so um, there are these godly things that he tells us to ask for. God very clearly says, tell me what you need. I will provide it for you. Um, but it's when we take that too far and when we desire things that we actually don't need um, and get fixated on that, that's when it can become a sin is getting focused in on that. Well, it's very interesting. In confirmation class, uh, oftentimes we talk about needs and wants. 
And that is a, a topic that fits into a lot of different areas or, or desires, I suppose. When we talk about the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, uh, we really talk about the difference between needs and wants. We need food, but we may want lobster and steak. Well, you know, I don't need to have, I don't have to have lobster and steak to get the food that I need. And the same can be said for a lot of sinful desires as it goes for that. Uh, we need uh, a place to live. Doesn't mean I need a 10 bedroom house with five bathrooms and all that kind of thing. Uh, that would be a want. It's not my want, but it could be a want. Uh, and But nevertheless, the difference between needs and wants really falls into there. So to simply understand, we break this commandment in a couple of different ways. When we wish for or we plot in some way to acquire others' possessions. Now, this really falls in line with what we just talked about, the lying and stealing. You can see how uh, if we're plotting to somehow, in an, in an unrighteous way, gather somebody's property, we may end up lying about it, uh, doing some things, and then ultimately stealing it. So the commandments kind of fall in together. It's very difficult as we review the commandments as we've gone through them to ever see that, well, we only and only break one commandment. Generally, you break one, you break two or three more. I mean, they just kind of fall in line. And so trying to somehow figure out how you're going to get someone else's property as an example or some other kind of possession you can see where the seventh and eighth commandment would fall in line there. Mm -hmm. And branching into the tenth commandment a little bit more, we also break this when we wish for or plot to turn another person's friends or spouse or employees or um, any people in their life against them in any way. So we can think of this as uh, sabotage in a way. Um, it's not just about like us wanting things, but us wanting things to happen to other people, or us wanting other people to be lacking in some way, um, and even the even the desire, the thought of that, the want for that, that's considered sinful in God's eyes. We often see it in politics, but it's not something that is only in politics. You know, when you have these attack ads and uh, half truth ads, and let's face it, all political parties do it. And the sad thing is that um, how impactful those lies can be on an election or on a person's reputation. And if you take it into a more local thing, uh, that's where social media really comes into it, that uh, you can put out a picture that doesn't really show the truth, uh, but you know that it's going to be hurtful for somebody and that their friends are now going to be your friends because you gave them the truth, the supposed truth uh, related to that. And so how difficult uh, it can be then to recover when we do that kind of coveting and then cause it, uh, take action to cause it to happen. Mm -hmm. It can cause a lot of damage. And it starts, again, with a thought. And that's all it takes sometimes to move people um, to break other commandments or hurt people in other ways. And so how do we keep this commandment then? Uh, you may be relieved to know that it is simple, but that does not mean it is easy. It is simple, but it is not easy. So we keep this commandment when we're satisfied with what God provides for us and have thankful hearts for what he gives. Um, sometimes it is kind of easy to do that. If things are going our way, if everything's going well, uh, but suddenly, you know, if tragedy hits, um, if stuff is going down that you don't want to have happen, um, if you think stuff that's happening is unfair, then it becomes much harder to 
be thankful for God and to be satisfied with the things that you have. And so again, it's easy, it's simple um, to keep this commandment, but it is very much not easy. Um, well, think about Job as an example, you know, where the whole example of uh, the devil taking away his family and his possessions and all that, all these things that he had had. Uh, clearly, the book of Job, when you're talking about coveting, would be a simple one to really dive into and an important one to dive into because nevertheless his friends keep reminding him hey you must have done something wrong why did you lose all these things you know and then to try and get job to somehow covet what he had had but had lost so this is even a little bit different wrinkle in the sense covet or look after what you had had and lost and how easy it is to somehow turn the tables uh, from one to the other. And as we've seen by now in studying these Ten Commandments, um, they're always much bigger than just about us. And so we also keep this commandment when we help others to retain what God has given them. And again, we talked about this last week with the Seventh Commandment too, but looking after our neighbors and their possessions. And in this case, it would be looking after our neighbors and all of their needs, making sure that they are provided for, that you are doing what you can to help them and assist them and not to hurt them. And so here's the problem uh, when talking about coveting in the present day is that the world grooms us to covet. We are trained from an early age to covet things and look no further than advertising. I mean, there's something that the world wants you to have. Um, and it wants to get you uh, to want you to have. And so they are appealing and everywhere all the time. Um, commercials are, they're new, they're the next big thing, and they're constantly trying to figure out, okay, how can we hook people and get their attention to make them want this product? And that's just normal. It's super normal to live in a world where we want things that we don't have. Well, as you watch your cartoons or your television shows, uh, the covenant of wanting something and wanting it right now. Uh, you think of movies like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I want it and I want it now, not later, not something else. That's what I want and I want it now. How easy it is to see it in not only advertising, but the shows we watch, the movies we watch, the music we listen to. Uh, it, it is all around us. And nevertheless, as Christians, if we're going to truly live the faith, uh, how do we overcome that? that the world is constantly grooming us and trying to get us to covet? How do we overcome it when it's uh, constantly bombarding us to desire and want and covet things that don't belong to us? There's also peer pressure that we get to deal with. And a lot of times it's going to be passive, but let's say that everybody around you has, you know, the next big thing. They have something that you really want. Um, if everyone else has it, then you're just going to want to have that even more. And so even passively, without even meaning to, like the possessions and things that we have, um, Satan can turn those against us and make us sin by wanting what everyone else has that I don't. Um, and so he's he's annoying in this, very creative, and gets us to look away from God's provision and at what everyone else has. And that can drive us to turn further away from God, further into our own sin. 
you see it happen a lot of times at Christmas time, don't you? As it ramps up for the next big toy, the next big thing that has to be. And as kids, you see all your friends get the greatest and newest Legos or game system or whatever. And why? I didn't get it. Why? I, I don't have it. Why can't I have it? And so then we start coveting the fact that they have the latest game system or the latest game or whatever. And, uh, easily coveting in that regard in a sinful manner. And it's easy to see it with uh, young kids and young adults, but let's face it, adults have the same problem. Yep, definitely. And so as we're kind of drawing to a close here um, with this study on the Ten Commandments, we want to go over why these two last ones are um, so important. First, we want to talk about how God does want us to desire things, and most of all, Him and what he provides above all else. Um, and to be honest, those things that we do covet, the things that we uh, want but don't have, all those things are temporary. They're not going to last anyway. Um, but God endures forever, and his steadfast love endures forever too. And so only he can give us what we need for all of eternity. You know, that that next big thing isn't really going to do it for you. It's going to um, break down or wear down eventually. Um, and it's also not your loving God like the father is. Well, one of the things I always think about in this way, a wise old pastor once told me, do I really need that for my soul salvation? I mean, so many of the things we, we think about, we desire, we want, uh, have nothing to do with our salvation, have nothing to do with our life of faith. And if we step back and ask our question, ourselves the question, do I really need that for my soul salvation? And the answer is no, thank goodness, because I don't have it. I don't need that. Uh, it, but it is one of those things that we need to train ourselves to ask the question so that we can step back. Okay, I might want it, but I don't really need it. And therefore, I shouldn't necessarily desire it. If I get it, okay. But if I don't, I don't need it for my soul's salvation. And because we're sinful humans, we like to look at the world first. And we like to think about the worldly things, um, not the things that are to come. And so that's why uh, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, let us fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And here he's making this distinction about the things of the world compared to the things of God. And again, everything in the world, all the worldly things, it's not going to last. Um, but God he is forever and actually provides for us and cares for us more than anything else in all creation. And so the things that we end up coveting, those, those desires that form, um, they're ultimately, they're burdens to us. They're destructive to ourselves and to other people. And so coveting is never, never a good thing. It's only going to hurt yourself. And sometimes it may hurt others as well. And God wants us to protect us from that. And he does so through the promises of satisfying our needs himself in his own time. And again, it's easier said than done to trust in God's provision. Um, but that's why Paul tells us to look, to look at him, to fix our eye upon him and to wait upon him and his timing. Well, the flip side of that then is really true godly contentment. And this is more of a journey than a destination. It's an ongoing process. It, now let's face it, it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, and you don't ever reach there and you're satisfied because as soon as we step back and think, oh, okay, I'm content in all things, 
something's going to creep in and something's going to get in the way and ah, you got to start the process all over again. So really, we need to look at our contentment and dealing with the ninth and 10th commandments as something of a journey of life so that we are on the road to contentment, not getting there, that ultimately where we will be content in all things is once we reach heaven. But in this life, there's always going to be that ongoing struggle. And Paul did it in himself. I mean, think about it this way. You know, Paul kept asking God to take away this thorn in the flesh. You know, I got everything, but could you take away this? Come on, I need this. I need this. I need this. Well, we know that God never did take away his thorn in the flesh. And and so how uh, Paul needed to learn to be content in all things, even though he didn't necessarily want to. He didn't want this thorn in the flesh. And maybe we don't have a thorn in the flesh, but there are things that God is constantly trying to get us to be truly content. Because when we are content... When we are content, true contentment brings us peace. And that's peace that only God can give. And so Paul learned this the hard way. Um, he had a very difficult and some would even say miserable life because he was he was beaten, he was shipwrecked, um, suffered all kinds of dangers and perils. He was thrown in prison for a lot of his life. Um, but yet he still writes in his letter to uh, in his letter to the Philippians, he does share the secret for being content with everything and anything, no matter what goes on. And that is the surpassing worth of knowing that Jesus Christ is his Lord. Um, Jesus, who suffered the loss of all things for our sake, actually gives us the strength to, um, to endure anything that comes our way, even uh, even if we don't have much at all. Um, and so Paul is this, this brilliant example of how he really didn't have that much in life, and what he did have wasn't so great. Um, you know, being a missionary, spreading the gospel, that is, it's very rewarding, but it's also very dangerous. Um, and he, you know, was on the run, he was in hiding sometimes, pretty, pretty difficult life, um, but he was still at peace with it because Jesus was with him and Jesus was his Lord. And so eventually, um, if we tie this back into our, our Lenten season. Um, we started off things with Ash Wednesday talking about how we're dust and to dust we shall return and how everything that we have in this life, we're eventually going to lose it. And it's going to culminate in our death, kind of the loss of all things. But God promises us never to abandon us, not even through death. And so we know that as his baptized children, that when we die, he's going to take us in his loving arms uh, to be at his side in heaven, where we will not want or need anything ever again. Um, and so the, these two commandments really get us to see that God wants what's best for us and is what's best for us and will provide for us um, according to his gracious will and timing. And so at the end of the day, it comes down to God can give us peace, even if we don't have much at all. Well, this is our last week uh, on the Ten Commandments. We've spent the last several weeks during the Lenten season uh, looking at the Ten Commandments. Uh, hopefully, this coming week, as you dive into the Scripture readings and the uh, prompt questions, that you'll get into the uh, question of coveting and how it impacts our life and the idea of contentment. And then we're going to take a pause the next two weeks. Uh, we will be doing studies and we will have readings, but we're going to uh, jump into the liturgical season, and that is Palm Sunday and also Easter will be our focus on our readings and our questions and our podcast the next two weeks. Uh, we will be re-posting uh, last year, as we went through our trek through the scriptures, uh, we did 
have the opportunity to do the day-by-day through Holy Week. Each day of Holy Week, we'll be reposting those and have the opportunity here in Living the Faith to be reminded of what is Palm Sunday, what is uh, the Monday of Holy Week, do what's uh, what happened on the Tuesday of Holy Week as we go through. So we encourage you to watch for that, and we'll give you some more information uh, coming up. But during Holy Week, uh, we'll be reposting uh, our uh, series from last year on the different days of Holy Week. But for the next two weeks, we after we're finished with the Ten Commandments here, we're going to look into the reality, importance, and events of Palm Sunday, and then also of Easter. And then we'll dive back into our series of Living the Faith. So watch for that. It'll be on our social media. It'll also be on our website related to the questions as we dive into that. And so as you uh, draw to a close this week, the Ten Commandments, and are reminded of what is con- uh, coveting, but also godly contentment, uh, may your study and reflections be of uh, value in your daily walk of faith as you continue to live the faith. Lord's blessings be with you this week. Thanks for joining us on our Living the Faith podcast this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time as we continue learning how God's truth in the scriptures applies to our daily life. God bless your reading this week.